It's so much better to see you, <laughs> your faces, than to look at a camera. Oh, my goodness. You, you look way better than a camera, uh, the front of a camera. So it's really good to see you. I'm glad that you've made the trek today. We had some visitors from uh, Las Vegas this morning, sometimes Arizona, and we said, well, we, we turned the heat down for them. So <laughs> they, they thought it might be a little warmer than that, but it, wow, we are having a November already, aren't we? But it's great to be together again in person. Are you, were you, are, you were getting kind of tired of the old thing that we were doing, weren't you? <laughs> we don't even know how to act yet, do we? <laughs> it's like, I ain't saying nothing. That's a setup question, isn't it? Well, we're glad to be together again today for this Trinity Sunday. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is the birthday of the church. It's when the church was born and, and uh, <clears throat> the church having been scattered and the followers of Jesus were told to, to gather together, to come together, you know, come and, and, and wait, <clears throat> get ready, uh, come and, and, and be of one mind and, and uh, pray and, and wait And as they did, the promise of the Holy Spirit came. That Spirit came, and the, 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 it was a miracle what had taken place that day. It was a miracle of, of communication, a, a miracle of communication that all that were there to listen that day heard the good news of Jesus Christ in their own tongue, in their own language, to be able to understand what, what the message was of that day. And, and uh, each one could hear that message and that message was this, that God had made Jesus both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom they had crucified. And the word says in Acts 2.36 that as they heard that word, it said that their hearts were pierced. Their hearts were pierced. I wonder sometimes, do we have anything in the world that we're living in that just pierces our hearts? I don't, I, I, I imagine there is, <laughs> But I, I probably, outside of Jesus coming to me one day and saying, you need a relationship with me and I'm calling you, yeah, that for sure. What pierces our hearts today? I want us to think through on that question because as the people were there and they, 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 uh, they experienced that and their hearts were pierced, they said, what should we do? What exactly should we do? Now that we've learned this, tell us what to do. You ever want to just Grab someone and say, tell me what I need to do. Well, Peter wasn't shy. <laughs> he said, repent and be baptized. And that day, 3,000 people came to the Lord. Man, I, I long for that day, don't you? That, that we would be to the presence of God and the Holy Spirit promised that we'd come and, and we'd say, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Repent, be baptized, and to see people come to Jesus like that. 3,000 people, wow, you could start a church with that. I'd ask you this question today, what's, what's missing from our gathering these days? And, and we could make it specific to us, we could just make it globally as the church meets on any given Sabbath that they choose to meet. What is missing in the gathering of God's people today? When God's church gathers together, we, you know, we come and we worship, and that's really good. We, we come and we have fellowship together. That's awesome. Uh, you know, before this all happened with the virus, we'd have potlucks. Those were amazing. Love potlucks. 
Don't be all quiet about that. You all love potlucks. I've seen you eat at them. You know, they don't make plates large enough, but they make them high enough, don't they? We, we love all that. We partake of God's word together, and we like that. I, I always hope and pray that you like that. I, I like it. I like it when I hear others speaking and bringing the word of God. And that's awesome too. But for many, having been a partaker in the gathering of those that pray, those that wait, and those that are with one mind, I just wonder what it is, if we could kind of put our finger on it, if there's anything particular that we might identify as something that's maybe kind of missing from our modern-day worship services. Here we have some things that came about because those early followers There's some things that happened because they did a couple things. They waited and they prayed. They were with one mind. We don't mind praying. Sure, let's pray. And I don't mean to, I'm not making light of that, but but we we know how to pray. Uh, We know how to, um, we we, we wait. We don't wait super patiently, but we wait, right? We do do that. Oh, but that being of one mind. That gets trickier, does it not? Because I'm not sure I agree with you right now. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's hard to be of one mind together. But that's what these early followers were about. Here's some of what came about. Because those early followers, they they waited and and they prayed and they were with one mind and ultimately filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word tells us in Acts uh, 2, 43 through 47, it says that everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. When's the last time you felt awe? And it wasn't like the great white knucklers at, uh, you know, some, some theme park. Like, you know, I'm not talking like butterflies in the tummy. Like, ooh. But I mean, in awe. I remember when I came to Christ, how it wasn't just me seeking out something, trying to find what it is that everybody was having. It was like the Lord came to me personally. And when I began to realize the depths at my on-purpose, uh, sinful Rob that made those decisions on purpose and the fact that God loved me so much that he came to me and he said, don't worry about that. I want you to come to me. I want to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to make you a new creation, a new creature. I'm going to do that in you. I was in awe of that. It was 1972, February. I can tell you right when it was. I can tell you who prayed with me at the altar. It was a sense of awe that God would would see all the crummy things that I am And then he would call me and want to save my soul. He'd want to have a relationship with me. The God of all creation, the God that came that day, rested on those people. They communicated in all those languages. He came to me that day. And that day reminds me of the awe that I had for who God was that day in my life. Do you remember? It's so easy to just kind of keep going forward. And never go back to that moment and and, kind of forget it a little bit. No, not that he saved us, but just the sense of awe about what he had done in our lives when he came to us. The miracle that took place in your life when he came to you and drew you into a relationship with him. That's amazing. 
the word says that everyone kept uh, feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Verse 44, it says, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They were all together and they had all things in common. And they began having garage sales. That's the new Rob version. They, they began having, having garage sales. They, they began selling their property and possessions and they were sharing what they had with all, as anyone might have any need. Ah. I'm not sure I'm yet ready to sell my Mustang. There's a bunch of other things I think I want to sell before my Mustang. But if it's in the way, you can have it, Lord. And what for? Not just for me. Uh, For the meeting of the needs of the others. It says, day by day they continued with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Potluck every day. I think I've caught the Corona 10. It's right over here. They say, we've been hanging out at home too much, not running around. Some of you are out walking and running and all that. I didn't do enough of that. We've been taping and editing. It's not good for my, my Corona 10 around here. They were eating meals together, gladness, sincerity of heart. They were praising God and having favor with all the people, having favor with all the people. Have you ever had favor with all the people? Me neither. But it says the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being what? Saved. (laughs) So there's purpose involved here. It's not just eating because we're hungry. I guess we ought to eat and spending 30 minutes on where are we going, right? That hadn't been hard over the last two months. <laughs> this is how those early gathered ones behaved towards each other. That's how the relationship was going with them and those that were around them. This is how people treated one another when the Spirit comes upon them. When followers of Jesus receive the Holy Spirit, and of those early followers, Peter said this, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive what? You will receive what? You're going to get that? You will receive the Holy Spirit for the promises for you, and it's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just an individual thing. It's for you, and it's for your children. Some of us are still waiting on that, are we not? We're just kind of waiting, praying. But it's for us. It's for you, your children, and for all who are afar off. He's covering a lot of territory there. As many as the Lord our God will call to himself, it says. I'd submit to you today that what may very well be missing from God's church in general, I have a great time when I'm here, but sometimes I ask myself these questions. Is there something missing? And very well what might be missing is that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The feeling, the infilling of what God promised to those who would believe. It's for all who are far off. Some people feel like, oh, that can't be for me. 
I'm just too, I'm just too far off. I'm, I've done too much wrong. It's for all. It's for you, for your children, for all who are far off. The infilling of what God promised to those who would believe, it is for all who are far off. I would say to you this morning that we all like sheep, have gone astray, yes, and God is calling his church to stand up and proclaim his word, uh, to love others as he has loved us. He's calling us to love each other, to pray, to wait, and to be with one mind. Do you know how often I have to hold back? Not because I'm right, <laughs> but because God says, hold back. You better hold back. You're going to say something that you'll regret. When I was younger, I just said it. Not that it's a young and an old thing, but I, <laughs> you have to experience certain amounts of pain before you, you listen and do what God is telling us to do. He's the head and we are the body. I'm not the head. I don't run nothing. I'm just, Lord, what do you want to do with us? How, how do you want us to be? He's the head. We're the followers. We're grafted in. We hear from him. We are the body. We are to be doers of his word, not fighters and naysayers of all things on social media. Ouch, right? Ouch. And we are to receive the Holy Spirit and to listen, to listen to him. That's what he's been sharing with me. I said, Lord, how do you want me to respond? There's a lot of stuff going a lot of different ways. I got people right here that feel this way, that feel this way. What do you want to say? He says, just listen. Well, that's helpful. But, you know, what would you like me to say? Just listen. He, he, he told me the other day, you say enough. Just listen. Lynn says, Amen. <laughs> The more I've seen the things on our streets in America developing this last week, I've been asking the Lord, give us wisdom, Lord. And, and what I have sensed that he's just telling me to do is just listen. I got, I got things in town here. They want us to, to do a video and, and share and talk. And I feel like the Lord's just saying, listen. Those early gatherers, they yelled out, what should we do? I bet we could take a poll this morning. What should we do? There would probably be 20 or 30 things that we ought to do. And in this morning's text, Jesus gave the orders. Jesus lets us know his final command to us as his people. We read it there in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. We know it as the great commission. Let's read it to, uh, together, but I'm going to give you a little uh, set up there. You, you know what it is. The, the women, they've come to the tomb uh, of Jesus and it's there that they find an angel that has, has descended from heaven and there's been an earthquake at the, and the rolling of that stone, it's, gone, it's rolled away and they're told what? They're always told, don't be afraid. I'm sorry, we had an earthquake last week. It wasn't very big. It wasn't enough to really be worried about, but if you've been through the big ones, it's kind of like, when's that going to stop? I'd kind of like that to stop. He said, don't be afraid. Jesus is risen, he, he tells them. They're told to go and tell the others. They're all, we're always told to go. Go and tell. Sometimes to wait, wait, don't. Go around. But sometimes we're told to go. Quite often we're told to go. Go and take the word, he says, to my brethren to leave for Galilee and, and, and that they would also see him there. And all while this is happening, some, some money's being exchanged between the chief priests and the elders 
to lie about what has happened. So this is the scene as we read from the text this morning from Matthew 28, 16 through 20. This Trinity Sunday, the word says this. Let's read it together. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, it says, But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Aren't you glad that it wasn't given to me or to you, all the authority? It was given to him. Jesus said it. It's been given to him. So he says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, he says, I'm with you even to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful. Lord, I pray that we could somehow find it to that place of awe this morning about who you are and all that you've done and that you're doing, even amidst the chaos of the world that we're living in, you still speak. You still have a word for us. So, Lord, we pray that our hearts would be, would be softened and to hear what you have for us right here in this place today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I have to admit today that with all that we have been going through over the past two months, that it's become increasingly difficult just to know how to respond. I mean, it, uh, you can respond a lot of ways and, no, you can't talk about that. No, you can't. Yes, that, not that. You know, it just feels like a great pulling and pushing. How do we respond? We've, we've had people die from the coronavirus. We've had untold millions live through it. There have been people who have responded with great fear and also those who have no fear at all. We've seen a man die on our streets. We've seen many others die, including those who protect and serve. And we've also seen many, many people live through all of this. And many people and public servants meet with a great a shaking of hands and a sharing of their lives together. We've seen many march throughout our streets. They've, they've looted and they've rioted and destroyed property and injured lives. And we've seen others peacefully protest, peacefully coming and sharing what they think about what's going on. And of course, we've all been stretched back and forth by our media and political parties. But what we've been facing is not really all that new. I can barely just remember now the Watts riots of 1965. I was only four. I'm super young. Last service, they found that. Yeah, sure. I don't know what you're laughing at. But I remember the state of of our grocery store and the state of our chief auto supply store right off of Alondra in, in, in Compton, Alondra and the 710 freeway right down there. They had both been destroyed by fire and kind of what we've been seeing in the last number of days. My, my best friends at that time, <clears throat> uh, I, I grew up through there till age eight, so my best friends were Charlie and Toby. Charlie and Toby, black, brown, and white, played together in the sand just about every day. Marbles were our vice. I mean, we always had a bag of marbles tied to our, to our side, and, and we were going to draw a circle, throw them in, and see who can really, you know. It was early gambling, I think, is really what, what it was, you know. 
Sometimes it wasn't interesting enough for the marbles that were in the circle. We'd create a pot outside the circle, and if you win the circle, you get the pot. See, that, that's just flat out Las Vegas right there. But that was just, that's who we were. It didn't matter what color we were. We were, you got your marbles, got my marbles, let's play, let's play. I'd love to sit down today with Toby and Charlie, never seen them since, and listen to their stories. I think I probably have an idea of what the stories would include. You see, my family, after the Watts riots, we lived for another four years on our block, right down in south central L.A. Compton area until my father moved us to Westminster, California, right on the Huntington Beach line. And my spiritual upbringing was at the North Long Beach Church of the Nazarene and then also at the, at the Midway City. I've talked a lot about the Midway City Church. Each of these churches, they taught me something, though. They taught me that we were all, every one of us, were created in the image of God. Every one of us. And that he died for all of us. Red and yellow, black and white, they were all precious in his sight. For Jesus loves all the little children of the world. And you know what? That's exactly where the word of God would take us today. This Trinity Sunday in our text, it says that the 11 of Jesus' followers, minus the one, that they proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated They were told to go and wait for him there. So they made their way to that mountain, and that's where they would meet with him. Uh, You ever had your parent, when you're on your way out the front door, they, okay, you finally get the keys to the car? Cool. Uh, Hold on. (laughs) Hold on one second. I need you to pick up something on the way home. Okay. And, And then they'd say, oh, and one more thing. Did you ever get that? The one more thing? I see young guys going, oh, yeah, I got the one thing. I got that a lot. Oh, and one more thing. This is Jesus meeting with his his disciples and saying, oh, there's one more thing. I got to tell you, I would start out for those that say, what shall we do? If we are asking ourselves, what should we do? I would start out, and I'm starting here first in our text this morning. Number one, we should meet with God at his mountain. We should meet with God at his choosing, wherever that is. Maybe it's Sunday morning. Maybe it's Monday morning when you get up with your coffee and your word and you're just kind of seeking him. Wherever that may be, we should get to the mountain of God, wherever he has that plan for us, and worship him. We do that together. But I mean, man, we're going to talk about worship. We should fall down at the feet of Jesus and worship him. Ascribe to Jesus the first priority in our lives. I'm not talking about which kind of music we sing, whether it's contemporary or hymn service or the color of the lights or the aesthetics of anything. I'm talking about ascribing to Jesus the value and worth in our lives, who he is to each one of us because of who he is, worshiping him in awe and wonder of his greatness. Is that how we come to him as we get ready to worship on his mountain in this place in awe and wonder we may just need to pray again Lord I've lost some of the awe and the wonder in his book exploring worship Bob Sorge he says this we must be worshipers all week long A worshiper should not just enjoy worshiping only on Sunday in the congregation. His or her life is to be a continual praise 
and worship unto God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He says that once we have learned that life, uh, that life of worship throughout the week, it's easy to come together in the congregation and praise him. When worshipers, he adds, assemble, the praise ascends immediately. He says if the level of praise in our congregation is poor, we can be sure the problem is that the people have not learned to live a life of praise throughout the entire week. If we're just Sunday worshipers, we're going to have a problem. Scripture says that he, I'd first say we've been all called to more than just visiting, more than just high fiing and as much as I love it, and hugging, we've been doing air hugs. Have you done the air hug? No, just a big hug. We can do a big hug. It's not just visiting in the house of the Lord. The scripture says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty in Psalm 91. Sorge says, let us abide in his presence continually. You see, in our text, it says that the 11 went to the mountain. It's a place that God designated. It was designated by God, and he called them to meet with him. And it says that when they saw him, they worshiped him. As soon as they saw him, they worshiped him. They didn't just stand erect with one hand or two hands or uh, three hands. Not three hands. That wouldn't work. But, you know, it, it wasn't a posture per se. It was an actual physical movement where they prostrated themselves before God, they, 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 uh, they, they worshipped him. They went down on their knees to do worship to God. It, it actually means to, to kiss. Proscunio is the word, uh, something that I do towards. And I, I kiss, that is to kiss like the ground when prostrating ourselves before a superior. When does, when's the last time I've, I did that? And don't, get, don't legalize it because we can go straight to the ground and still not be in awe. To fall down, prostrate oneself to adore on one's knees, that sense of awe about who God is. You see, true worship, daily worship is recognizing the depth at which God has reached down toward us. Do you remember? And then receiving his son, we recognize his great work, the atonement, redemption, and salvation. And because of what he has done and who he is, we have tremendous love and gratitude Thanksgiving to God, when we truly understand the depth to which God has rescued us, we as his followers, we rightly place ourselves under the shadow of the Almighty. We prostrate ourselves in adoration of the one who has redeemed us. We can do that from an internal sense. Not everybody can get on a knee, not, or once we get down there, we can't get back up. Beware, though, pride can get in the way. Pride can always can get in the way. We read, we, we read in the last half of verse 17 that some were doubtful. How is that? How can it be that there were those that were in awe, prostrating themselves, and there were some that were like, hmm, yeah, I'm not sure. There will always be some that would rather not bow they become stiff in their thinking. They would rather handle things on their own, their, their own ideas and their own background and knowledge. But the word says that they, those early followers, they worshipped him. They bowed down and perhaps even kissed the ground before him. And for us, 
having worshiped the Lord just as much daily as we do on Sunday, we as God's people are to go out and live a life consistent with our confession at church. And this statement is not meant to discourage us or to to bring a sense of uh, discouragement. But as we confess the Lord with our mouths, our lives will continually come into line with that confession. That's how it's supposed to work. You see, our sanctification is both immediate and a process. It's from glory to glory that he is changing us. 2 Corinthians 3.12-18 through 18 says, Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. We use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But their minds were hardened, he says, for until this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ only. That veil is only removed in Christ, but to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. Then in 16 it says, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, remember when we repent? We're going one way, and we say, I repent, Lord, and now I'm going to go a different direction. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, he says, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's liberty. Have you experienced liberty over the last two months? Absolutely. Had nothing to do with my physical location. Verse 18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as a, my, as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed from glory to glory, changed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Someone once said it this way. You'll have to follow I get lost and I'm saying it. Your walk talks and your talk walks, but your walk talks further than your talk walks. You want to get the recording. You see, the worshipers of God, to the question that says, what shall we do? The answer is, we should worship the Lord daily. Putting ourselves under his word and his influence in our lives, that will change how we see our world. That will change how we respond to our world, and that will change how we love our world. Not only should we meet with the Lord and worship him daily at a mountain of his choosing, we are instructed, therefore, number two on this Trinity Sunday, to go and make disciples of all nations. One more thing. Got one more thing. Go and make disciples Of all nations, Jesus commands his followers to go and make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that Trinity, teaching them to observe all that he has commanded. We have often seen this as just taking the gospel to foreign lands. We've got somebody who feels the call of missions on their life, and we send them off to our universities and they get to somewhere between forty dollars and $80,000 in debt, and then we want to put them out somewhere to go share the good news. And they can't even go until it's all paid off. If you ever want to be a missionary, don't, don't get a whole bunch of debt. They won't let you go in the church until you're paid off. 
That's been kind of some of the thought. We have uh, mission conferences and, and services where we raise funds for that general fund to send people out. That's sometimes how we've seen it. And, and that's a good thing that we do. We are the Church of Nazarene, and all of our missionaries are all out full-time doing what they do because we support them. But it says something here to us this morning. In our daily lives, the rendering all the nations, is it's all people groups. It's not just for the missionary that's going to Ecuador. It's for us to go from this place to be uh, gathered, to be scattered, to go and make disciples of all people groups. Ethnos is the word there, etho, uh, etho, forming a custom or a culture. It's, it's a people joined by practicing similar customs or common culture. And, and it's usually referring to unbelieving Gentiles or non-Jews from God's word. These are for us all people groups that we come into contact with in our daily lives to actually seek them out. While some are called to study and train and be sent to other nations, we're called to go and make disciples of those that are right around us, in our neighborhoods, near us, to seek them out, not just people, but all people groups. It's fair to say that we have at times preferred to be birds of a feather. We kind of like to flock together I'm right there with you. There's no people I'd rather get together with and hang out with and do potluck with and all those things than you. Because you kind of like what I like, and except for anchovies. Does anybody like anchovies? I can't find anybody. I like anchovies on my pizza a little bit. But we're all kind of like one another. We kind of live where each other lives. We, we drive kind of what others drive, and we tend to shop where we all like to shop. They also tend to worship where we like to worship. But Jesus is telling those that met with him on that mountain that day, and, and I believe he's telling us this day, when, when he asked, what shall we do? When they asked, what should we do? He's telling us also to go, therefore, and make disciples of people people who are different than us, all people groups, every nation, every tongue, and every tribe. And it is by his authority that we are commissioned to go. We have been gathered to worship and then scattered to go and make disciples. And his promise is this, he is always with us. I believe the pertinent question for us, having watched all that we've been, that's been occurring over these number of weeks and months is this. Will we as followers of Jesus humble ourselves? Will we submit ourselves to Jesus to worship him, humble ourselves in awe of all that Christ has done for us, the way he's worked in our lives, what he continually is doing in our lives? And then will we gather and will we scatter? Will we go therefore and make disciples of all the different people groups, of those who are different than, than, than us? Maybe someone is not from our particular social group. Will we be willing to, to go into his or her world? Will we listen, listen to their story, be patient with what comes uh, from the marginalized and the maligned and the disenfranchised? You see, it's on our plate, church. Who will do it? It's not going to happen from corporate structures. Even within the church, 
I saw something put out uh, last night, and I thought, uh, I understand the intent, but it's not going to come from top authorities down. It's going to come from the infilling and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit changing me from the inside to where it comes out, and I'm willing to gather, to be scattered, and to go into all the people groups no matter what they look like, no matter where they're from, what side of town they're on, it doesn't matter. I will go and look for them. It's on our plate right now, church, this week. Will we worship on the mountain of God's choosing? And will we gather to be scattered, making disciples of all who are different, not like us, different than what we're used to? Will we? Stand with me, would you? Will you pray that kind of prayer with me today? As we listen to the cries of God's creation, may God help us be a patient people, a listening people, a people who worship him daily, and a people who go from this place here and make disciples of different people groups that aren't like us. You know, he promises, he promised, and he's never failed me yet that we won't be alone in this. The Holy Spirit is promised Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always. How is that possible? It's by way of the promised one, the one who empowers us to accomplish that which he commanded us to go and to do. I want to pray for us this week. This is not a a, a beating up. This is me. This is me listening for myself to the Lord. What would you have me do, Lord? He says, listen. He says, worship, and then go take my word to the different people not like you to the different folks this might change the current discourse of our nation if God's church globally will invest their lives in people who aren't like us let me pray Father we're grateful and we're thankful for Trinity Sunday you commissioned us and you said we wouldn't be alone in it you never give us something to do where you do not empower us to do it help us to listen to you Lord help us to worship on the mountain of your designation wherever that is whether it's and all week long not just on Sunday and then make us a people who on purpose go out to make disciples of people who are different than us. It's challenging, Lord. Some of it makes makes us fearful. Some of it just makes us have to get off of our normal and find a new normal. Whatever it takes, Lord, for us to be what you've called us to be, we ask that you would empower us to do it. Help us to wait. Help us to pray. Help us to be with one mind. Help us to gather together and then be scattered to make a difference in the lives of others. We thank you and praise you, Lord, because you give us the power to do so. Be with these, your people, Lord. We've we've all been through different things, through the same thing, but different things. We pray for those that are hurting. We pray for those that are in great need. May May we share together. We can meet those needs, Lord. Bless these, your people, as we go from this place. May we worship every day this week and seek those that are different than us, that are lost. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a beautiful week. It's great to see you. Amen.